Welcome to the Positive Impact Podcast, where we dive into the world of movers, shakers, and changemakers, creating a positive impact on the world. This is your host, Alexandra Black Pollock, and together we're going to tackle real issues, discovering how we can make the world a better place. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Tired of the grocery store? Looking to spice up dinners? HelloFresh delivers delicious ingredients and easy recipes straight to your door. Take $40 off your first box at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash fresh. You'll be enjoying cooking again in no time. To all of you coffee lovers out there, get excited. Today I'm joining Thomas Fitzpatrick at his dental office in sunny San Diego. While Thomas may look like your average dentist, currently he's championing efforts to provide quality dental care throughout Nicaragua, both with his partnership with the Foundation for Worldwide Health and founding sustainable coffee company, Cura Coffee. Thomas, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's great to, great to have your interest in Cura and we're in our efforts. Of course. So let me get this straight. Morning, you're a coffee connoisseur, you're a dentist by day, and then by, by night, you're a social entrepreneur. How does that even work? Uh, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out the balance of being a full-time dentist and uh, and then continuing to expand that dental care to, uh, to remote areas around the world, but also locally. And not to mention expanding Cura Coffee. Absolutely. A lot on your plate, to say the least. Yes, there is. So how did you even come to get involved in Nicaragua or learn about the dental need there? Um, well, as a dental student, I went to Loma Linda. They send out trips all over the world. And uh, I connected with a team that just started going down to Nicaragua. Uh, they'd gone down twice. And then that was in starting in 2000. And then I started going down in 2003. So um, this was our the 15th year the team has gone down to provide dental care in Nicaragua. Who is this team that goes down with you guys? Uh, the team is made up of dentists uh, and dental students, and then also we have hygienists and assistants and people that are taking care of instruments. So it's grown from a team of probably around 10 people to now we've had to cap it at around 60 people. 60 people? Yeah, 60 people That's come down. That's huge. Yeah, and we operate, we've grown from uh, the original clinic was at a little town called San Marcos, about an hour south of Managua. And uh, and serving that that the, the population there um, just doesn't have access to care, so it's grown from one little clinic to now operating five clinics on an annual basis with a team of sixty people. So it's pretty amazing. That just blows me away. Sixty individuals, sixty dentists going down there. And how long are you guys down there for? Uh, our our trips have varied through the years, but uh, we've condensed it to about a ten day trip. 10 days, mm-hmm. 60 dentists. How many people are we talking about that are getting dental care? Uh, in, the, in the five clinics, I would say it ranges from 700 to around 1,000 people that we're able to see. Uh, a lot of times when, we, when we're screening patients, we try to address their, their most critical uh, issue and maybe do a quadrant of dentistry or do extractions and some large fillings. We just don't have time to do everything. Um, so we do the best we can with the time and, and uh, resources that we have. Well, 700 to 1,000 people getting dental care, that's a huge impact. One of the really cool things about these dental clinics, though, 
you've enabled them to be open year round. Can you tell us Absolutely. about how you've gotten it to that point? Uh, in this process, we are our overarching goal is to really train and equip the Nicaraguans to continue the care when we're not down there. So we've we've linked up with uh, one of their main dental schools in Managua. It's a it's called uh, Unica, and it's uh, it's a Catholic medical school and dental school. And uh, our efforts when we bring down students from Loma Linda, they work side by side Nicaraguan dental students. So it's this it's training and equipping them for uh, for service. In around 2010, we were asked to, well, in this whole process of expanding dental care, different organizations will hear about the services we provide and asked us to um, to help their communities. And uh, in 2010, we were asked to provide dental care for this coffee plantation. And we said, sure, we'll, we'll bring our portable units and equipment up and provide care. And then uh, through that relationship, we ended up uh, getting a grant from Rotary International $30,000 to actually equip the clinic. And now when we're not down there, a rotation of Nicaraguan students and professors actually go up to uh, the plantation and provide the care when we're not there. So it's actually opened access to 650 fa farmers and families. I love that you just brought up the farmers and the families because meeting them is what kind of started the story of Cura Coffee. Can you tell us about the time that you first went to that plantation and what you experienced there? The uh, always in the back of my mind, I, I wanted to find a way to uh, have an economic driver to expand our efforts because going down, it's a volunteer basis. We pay our way. We f we find you know uh, dental companies to donate equipment. A lot of it comes from Loma Linda, um, but when we were asked to provide the care at the plantation. It kind of it fell into our laps thinking, you know what, here is an amazing resource that they have in a very underserved community um, where 70% of the population lives on less than $2 a day. Um, and when we were asked to provide the care, we said, let's figure out how we can bring up coffee, sell it here in the States to help give back to expand our efforts down there. And thus Kira Coffee was born. Thus Kira Coffee, yep. Well, let's dive in and talk about the coffee then and the process that you went through to create Cura Coffee. Is it very easy to basically work with farmers in Nicaragua and bring the coffee back to San Diego? Uh, that was a very, it's been a very challenging and uh, learning process being a dentist and then and not having started a, a you know a small business before. I, mean, I run a, a dental practice um, but when you start from scratch having a, a product and trying to introduce it to a, a very saturated market with many coffee companies, the first step is trying to get the product up here. So I actually brought up um, uh, some samples, a couple hundred pounds, um, in our dental containers when all our supplies were gone. I, put, I spread it out in different containers and then brought it up through customs, which was a kind of a funny experience and story. But uh, I brought it to a local roaster, and I said, I don't know if this is going to taste like dirt or if it's going to be amazing quality coffee. And so uh, Tori at Cafe Moto, uh, he's been in business uh, here in San Diego since 1990, um, we did a whole roast profile, eight different levels, and he said, this is amazing coffee. And so uh, it took me a couple of years to figure out how to get a shipment of coffee from the plantation, Tierra Nueva Union of Cooperatives, actually up to San Diego to be roasted and then um, sold here. 
So I, I found out that Tori brings up a container of coffee once a year, and I asked if I can consolidate 2,000 pounds of green beans uh, from our plantation to the plantation where he actually uh, sources. And so we, we made that happen. We brought it up. They store it and roast it as needed um, and, and helps give back to expanding our dental, dental services. So you just gave a ton of great information right there. But I want to backtrack just a little bit and have you explain how you got through customs. Was, did you say 200 pounds, which a 200-pound sample, that's, that's a large sample. <laughs> yeah. 200 pounds of coffee beans through customs via your dental equipment. <laughs> it's just we bring down these, these big containers with all of our disposables um, and, uh, and instruments and whatnot. And, and when we're, those containers are, are emptied... Um, I just put, uh, I spread it out, um, and and then we brought them through customs, and then I consolidated everything back, and that's when we did our, our test batch. Uh, that was, I think, three years ago or so. How did you explain that to the customs guys? Uh, they were laughing, but they realized that it was, it, you know, what we're about is doing dentistry, and so it wasn't it wasn't a big issue. But they were they were laughing when when our containers came back through with. These uh, these coffee beans in them. <laughs> I can only imagine. There's, I bet you they have that story, and you never guess what these one guys brought through customs. <laughs> I'm sure they see a lot of random things. <laughs> you are now one of their uh, top stories. All right, so you come to San Diego. You have 200 pounds of coffee beans that you're pretty afraid it might taste like dirt. Mm-hmm. What is? I'm not a coffee person, so. Are you co- were you a coffee person at the time? I drink coffee, but not a real big coffee connoisseur. Um, I'm a dentist, and I love to provide care for people, and I love a good cup of coffee. So you had to reach out to a coffee connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about the roasting and the figuring out if you had a quality product? Yeah, so what they do is, is they uh, do a roast profile, so eight different levels of uh, the same bean roasted uh, different lengths of time um, at different temperatures and then that allows us to, to actually taste it and, and uh, to taste what different notes uh, will come out in the bean. So we found that, you know what, we really enjoyed, and a lot of it's personal preference, level of roast, um, but the medium to dark is a great flavor profile that that comes out in that level those level of roast then there is an, an audience um and i would say more coffee connoisseurs that do pour overs and and such that love the the lighter roast you get a little bit more of the flavor um the the notes of the the chocolate and the and uh, kind of a uh, just a, a beautiful taste out of the, that level of roast you sound like a coffee connoisseur to me. <laughs> I've learned a lot about coffee, I'll tell you that much. What is the impact that Cura is making? Uh, Cura Coffee, the ultimate goal is to expand sustainable dental care to remote areas around the world and and locally, too. Um, there's a very underserved population here in San Diego that we're reaching out to, but the goal is really to train and equip um, the Nicaraguans, but also train and equip uh, local people to provide those services. Awesome. You guys really have a global impact, both here in San Diego and then in Nicaragua. Can you describe the trainings in Nicaragua first, and then let's go into San Diego? 
Sure, yeah. In Nicaragua, um, we knew that there's only so much that we can do in a week or two when our team is in country. So we really um, had a vision to train and equip for for long-term impact. So teaming up with their dental school in um, about 2005, we uh, had students from Loma Linda working side-by-side the Nicaraguan dental students. And then once that clinic was built uh, up at Tierra Nueva Union of Cooperatives, there's a rotation of their students and professors that go up and provide the, the care when we're not there. I ended up talking with the Catholic Diocese here in San Diego. A friend of mine works there. And I said, man, I'd love to connect Catholics here in in the U.S. with Catholics in Nicaragua because it's a it's a, a Catholic dental school, medical school that we work with. And he said, I, I love what you're doing, but if I talk with the bishop, he's going to say, what are we doing to serve our own population that's underserved here in, in San Diego? So I said, you know what? Let's figure it out. And so... Um, Point Loma Nazarene University, their nursing program has a medical clinic in City Heights at Mid-City Church of the Nazarene. So they serve that community uh, um, two days a week. Their medical clinic is open. And I talked with them about dental services, and they said, we're in a desperate need of being able to provide dentistry to this population. And so upstairs there was a room that uh, was was open. It was used for storage. And we just got finalized drawings to build it out. And we'll start with one dental chair. Um, the pre-dental and pre-med students will organize all the logistics of the clinic. Um, and then we will provide dental services to that community. So that's that's our goal is really to use it as a as a opportunity to teach and train and equip. And then right now we're finalizing details to become the campus coffee of Point Loma Nazarene. And so once we work out those details in the proposal, a portion of the proceeds of sales to the university will actually help sustain that dental clinic in City Heights. Look at you going full circle. That's the goal. One of the things I really want to dive into now is the actual importance of dental care. And I'm sure as a dentist, you can speak to that a lot, but it, there's been a lot of studies showing that dental care can lead to so many, preventing so many other different diseases. So can you really drive home why dental care is so important? Uh, dental care is, is one of those basic um, necessities that is is kind of put on the back burner. I think in the U.S., we've over the years been able to bring um, the importance of good oral health care uh, systemically. And and it's more on the forefront of people's mind as far as routine maintenance um, and how that's connected to uh, uh, a number of different diseases um, and heart disease and uh, premature birth. And the, the the mouth is connected to the entire body. And bacteria, if you have infection in the mouth, it can cause systemic issues. Um, and those things are, are preventable. Um, and that's I'm glad the population in the U.S. is starting to realize that and are more proactive about preventive care and preventing um, decay and, and are realizing that a healthy diet um, is... Uh, is also important 
uh, with, along with preventive dental care. We're very lucky here in the U.S. to have a lot of education around the importance of dental care, even if sometimes we have struggles getting to the proper dental care. What does dental care look like in Nicaragua? Um, there's access to dental care around the cities. And I would say there, there are dentists. People end up getting an education in the city. And then the, the only place they can really make a living is around these city centers um, where people can pay for the services. Our goal is to serve underserved communities, um, but it's really getting out to the remote communities. And so, I mean, 70% of the population lives on less than $2 a day. And I was talking with, uh, um, there's a, a small community outside of Managua, I was asking the community representative how much an extraction costs, and she said it's anywhere, it's like $6, maybe $10, but that's three to five days of wages. Uh, that Do you want to put food on the table, or do you put up with a toothache? And the and the, the coffee plantation, and that has that's opened up access to over 650 families that um, wouldn't, they don't have access to care. Uh, and so it's it's encouraging to be able to make those steps towards building uh, a model that actually uh, continues to provide care for the underserved. You brought up an extraction. Can you tell us what that means? Uh, well, a lot of a lot of people experience dental decay, cavities, oh. and and teeth that can't be restored. Obviously, we when we triage a patient and we say, okay, this is the immediate need. I always ask. Um, Dine dolor. Do you have pain? And 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 they you know they point to a tooth that hurts, and we try and do as much work we can with the limited time that we have. We just we can't do all the dental care that's needed. So we pick the immediate um, need, and and it's it's a it's a process as far as training dental students, working with them. Sometimes I have to jump in and provide care uh, myself, but I'm really kind of overseeing the work of the students and um, and trying to provide the highest level of, of quality care that we can. Can you describe the typical person who comes into that clinic and the challenges that they have specifically? Oh, we see a whole range of dental needs from, you know, people that need a, need an extraction, a tooth taken out because of infection, to sometimes we see major calculus tartar buildup because they, they haven't cleaned their teeth, they haven't seen a dentist in their life. I, I remember one patient where I was, uh, we were getting everything cleaned up. This, uh, the buildup tends to be on the lower front teeth, kind of on the inside, and I wasn't sure if the teeth were actually going to stay together. They're going to stay because there was so much bone loss and periodontal disease that removing all of the calculus that seemed to be holding the teeth together. I mean, it's it's amazing the. Um, what people actually put up with, and then the hours that they will wait to be seen at one of our clinics. Are there any other patients that really stand out even after 13 years of being in Nicaragua? Um, i say some of the, the fun of going down multiple years is the relationships you build. Um, going back to that same elementary school in an hour south of, of Managua in a town called San Marcos and seeing those kids kind of grow up a little bit and it, and it gives them hope um, and 
uh, we're able to see them grow up. Some of our first years, we were doing a lot of extractions there, and then it moved into doing more fillings and fewer extractions, and then more of routine maintenance and, and educating and equipping them to to take care of, of their, their teeth. And uh, and that's the ultimate goal, is, is hopefully just a preventive. A lot of times they... They suck down Coca-Cola. It's it's uh, it's safe, you know. Uh, clean water issues uh, um, lead to that. Um, so Coca-Cola, the sugar and the acid break down teeth, cause you know cavities, and it's amazing what people will just adapt the norm. And there, is a lot of people just put up with a toothache or multiple teeth that that hurt. One of the things you brought up that I really want to touch on and just drive home the importance of is multiple touches. It's not necessarily going down as a dentist once and just addressing the immediate needs, but it's going back the next year and addressing some of the minor needs and then the next year and doing a check-in and then the next year educating and building that long-term relationship to have the sustainable impact. Yeah, that's that's the goal. And it gives them hope. They know that it's not just going to be a short-term in-and-out trip and never see them again, um, which is great. I mean, that, that provides great care and limited uh, to the time that, you can, that you're there. But uh, going back down again and again and again, um, it builds a model. It builds relationships. It opens avenues to then train and equip them. Over the years, can you tell us about one patient that you've worked with and you've gone through the cycle of hitting the immediate need and then moving to education and then empowerment? One of the clinics that we do provide dental care is at the hospital. And uh, it's right across the street from the dental school. And we realize that a very underserved population are the disabled kids. And disabled kids, disabled kids are kind of forgotten about. Um, along with, they have a whole section of the hospital for burn victims. Um, a lot of people cook with an open flame and then they run into issues with, you know, a kid running by and getting burned. So we're able to bring down, um, two dental anesthesiologists and, uh, two, three pediatric dentists. And we're able to put those kids to sleep, um, and, and do all of their dental care at one sitting. So, um, whereas, you know, a, a kid that's kind of forgotten about or um, they don't have the resources to pay for medical care or dental care, we're able to go in and get everything done at one at one time. It, the, the kids are amazed. Um, the parents are so grateful. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it brings joy to to us and to the, the providers to be able to have the skills and knowledge and resources to do that. Life-changing efforts right there. Absolutely. How much of the work that you guys are doing right now is possible through some of the funds that are created by Cure Coffee? Cure Coffee is, is um, in its infant stage. So it is a for-profit uh, company that gives 10% of the proceeds back to uh, these dental efforts. So I'm right in the process of um, the business pieces are together. Now we're actually starting to explore distribution channels and really sell more coffee to help give back to our efforts. I'm also in the process of uh, finalizing 
the Cura nonprofit, so it's going to be called Cura Smiles, and that will be the 501c3 that uh, sale of coffee helps fund Cura Smiles, which then gives back to these efforts locally and globally. I'm assuming that you guys started with a for-profit. How did the nonprofit element come into play? Um, yes, we started Cura as a for-profit, uh, and I had some great discussions with my board of advisors, whether we should be a for-profit or a non-profit. Um, we started and continue to be a for-profit because um, it is, it's scalable and um, there's a lot of potential for growth and investment um, for future growth in a for-profit. Um, I continue to be approached and asked if we could contribute, if people could contribute to Cura and get the tax benefits because they believe in the work that we're doing. And I got to the point where I did not want to deny contribution of funds to give back to our efforts. So um, through the advice of a uh, board of advisors and a number of other people, I decided to, to start Cura Smiles. So that will be a traditional nonprofit 501c3. People can make their contributions um, specific to uh, expanding dental care, but then we'll, we'll also have these other for-profit channels that help fund our efforts as the nonprofit. So it's a balance of um, having an engine such as Cura Coffee that helps um, contribute back to uh, our, our nonprofit. Which then contributes to creating sustainable dental care, both in Nicaragua and then here locally. Absolutely. Incredible mission. And I have to say, I am so excited to try the coffee. As I mentioned earlier, my husband has been able to try the coffee back when I was a non-coffee drinker. And I'm sure our listener out there can't wait to be a part of the amazing work that you do. Thank you. Before jumping into the rapid fire, a quick resource and tool for you as you grow your business. One of the most challenging things out there can be around branding and marketing and really telling your story in a way that resonates with customers. To help, we've built a comprehensive ideal customer worksheet to help you walk through all the different steps in identifying your customer. Download your free copy at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash branding. Hang out with us there and you're also going to find information about a brand new branding guide for young businesses, all giving you the tools to make that positive impact in your business. And now for that rapid fire. Life's a balance of work, passion, and adventure. Can you tell us about a recent adventure or excursion you've gone on? Uh, in the midst of all uh, dental practice, Cure Coffee, Cure Smiles nonprofit, um, another of uh, many other interests I'm involved with. My wife and I just got back from a trip to Italy and France. Oh. We were able to unplug and visit some friends that have a place in France. My wife's always wanted to go to Italy, so we decided to go to Italy for a few days and then France. Italy is so gorgeous. I hope you guys ate lots of gelato. <laughs> gelato, pesto, pasta, bread and cheese. They're cappuccinos. <laughs> Espresso's amazing. <laughs> Espresso's. Yes. <laughs> Coffee novice over here. <laughs> How did they compare to Cura? Cura's uh, a great product. It's amazing coffee. <laughs> all right, all right. Many social entrepreneurs find solace and tranquility in the outdoors. Do you find this to be true in your work? And if so, how do you make sure you maintain that balance? Um, in a busy, busy world, yes, I love to 
get into the outdoors. I grew up in Northern California, so I would I would be out on the lake, um, on Lake Shasta, out in the mountains, four wheeling or bicycling, hiking. Um, but San Diego is a beautiful, beautiful place to be in the outdoors, down by the ocean. Um, you definitely have to find a balance of of work, um, taking taking breaks to to unplug is definitely key to continuing to have focus on what you're what you're doing why you're doing what you're doing when you do adventure out to the outdoors and obviously you have a crazy busy schedule (laughs) what is one must-have item that you always take with you a good book (laughs) when i'm when i go out uh, it's it's nice i have a a friend that has a cabin up uh, in huntington lake uh, and I always bring a good book and sit on the deck and read or um, just it's a great way to unplug. Talk about the solace and the tranquility in that. When you're out there and you always have a good book with you, what kind of genre do you prefer? Um, I love things that are related to social entrepreneurship. Um, lean, the Lean Startup is one that I'm reading right now and it just gives good principles of, of testing the market, starting small, and then starting to scale from there. And then you have to really pivot and make adjustments as as the market and, and consumers really drive um, what the market is. So the Lean Startup is one that I'm reading right now. If you had to pick one, what is one of your biggest accomplishments with Cura Coffee? biggest accomplishments is um, I think probably figuring out how to get a supply line open from you know a remote area of Nicaragua um, that was selling on the East Coast in Europe and I worked out the details to figure out how to get the coffee from the small plantation two hours east of Managua to San Diego to your your cup of cura at home. <laughs> they didn't cover that in dental school? I must have slept through that course on opening up supply lines. I actually have taken very few business courses in my in my lifetime, so this is I've got a great team uh of advisors and now I have a, another team of a board of directors for the Cura Smiles nonprofit. And so I've always been told surround yourself with great people. They continue to be an encouragement and give insight to where I should I should focus my energy and time and resources. And now you have a PhD in real life business. <laughs> what has been one of your favorite failures in creating this company? Um, I think w- there was a failure, a learning experience, I guess you would call it. Not, not a failure. In uh, I was really excited about bringing K-Cups to the market. Um, with, with the Cura, Cura product line, and there was a minimum purchase order, and we we launched everything. It's online. We're exploring sales channels now, but when we first launched, it was an unknown uh, how much we would actually sell through. So we only sold through half of our first purchase order of the K cups, and so we were lo- we were left with a lot of inventory. Um, and so having that learning experience as far as having those sales channels open before you actually introduce new products is a, is kind of a, a balance of, 
um, of what the what your new audience and your what the buy-in is going to be from you know purchasing Kira Coffee. So the learning experience was um, wasn't a failure, but you take it and you and you take you, you take things away from it that you can then uh, in the future not make those same mistakes and keep moving forward. Absolutely. What advice do you have for current graduates of college that are looking for meaningful careers? I would say, um, and I continue to tell students, I'm involved at Point Loma Nazarene, again, in their business program, but also with their uh, pre-medical, pre-dent program. And I say, you know what, get out there and network, connect with people in the field that you're interested in and get a good feel for what they do and why they do what they do. When I was trying to decide whether to go into medicine, become a, a medical doctor, I, I spent time with doctors that love what they do, but it's a very challenging lifestyle. And uh, being on call every third night or, you know, managed care has really changed the scope of medicine. So when I spent time with some dentists, I found that it would be a good balance of providing quality care to patients locally and globally, but also a good balance of being able to be involved in the community, um, you know, at church, um, being able to work on projects like Cura. Um, so it's, it, it, I encourage uh, people that are coming out of college or in college to, to jump in on those internships, connect with people in the industry that you're interested in, and talk with them. Take them to lunch. Take them to coffee. Um, grab a cup of Cura coffee together and, and just talk about what that job or what that industry entails. What about those who have already launched into their career and they just want to make a meaningful impact? What advice do you have for them? Take your skills and education and figure, figure out how you can give back. Obviously, it's, it's very obvious with dentistry. I provide dental care here for my patients. I love providing care you know, my, to my patient base, but also uh, it's an immediate way to, to give back and provide dental care for the underserved. Here in San Diego and in Nicaragua and I've been to Sri Lanka, Mexico, I mean around the world people have teeth <laughs> and so I would say you know figure out your skill set and see how you can use that to to give back to to uh, your community or around the world you did start to walk into my next question but I just really want to make sure we focus on it what role has mentorship played in your life uh, a huge role um, I think that we can avoid a lot of challenges by asking advice from people who have experienced those challenges and can help either encourage us through those, uh, the unknowns. Um, they can, they can encourage us. They can connect us. I, I think that mentors are great at uh, listening and encouraging, but also it taps into their uh, networks of people that can help in different aspects. And so those who have gone before us provide a wealth of knowledge for those that are coming up from behind us. And then also we can pass that on to, to the younger generation. Do you have a mantra or a motto that guides your work both with Cura Coffee and then your dental practice efforts in Nicaragua? 
my goal um, is pretty simple. Um, as a Christian, I my personal belief is to love God and to love others, and those are those are a journey in itself. Um, and then you know our goal to love others. I do it through dentistry. Somebody else might do it through you know clean water projects um, or education or health or whatever. And and I think that we've been blessed with being able to provide um, or to get an education and the resources to do that and to live a good quality life. I think that. Um, loving others comes through that. And I think the focus should be away from what we can get uh, onto what we can give. Empowering. Absolutely. Our final question for today. What is one tip that our listener can take and apply to their life to make a positive impact? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think, uh, I think our listeners to to have an impact, a growing impact. Um, I mean, you can always become a dentist and go to dental school <laughs> and then join us on our trips to Nicaragua or service. But if you, if you want a, a very simple way to join impact and to, to have uh, a give back, I mean, you can do it as simply as having a cup of Cura coffee. Um, we, that's why we wanted to connect consumers that enjoy coffee um, with an opportunity to give back, you're not directly uh, providing the dental care, but it's through channels like we've opened up that we can expand, you know, this this quality of care. Um, and then and then you can also contribute financially through Cura Smiles. So each person, I believe, is blessed with um, God-given talents and abilities, and uh, and you can impact. Uh, the world in just simple ways. Powerful advice. It really was. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for this amazing dark roast cure coffee. Enjoy. Yeah, I'm planning on it. And for our listeners out there, I will be documenting my journey with cure coffee and letting you know what I think. And then I'll be finding a coffee connoisseur to back it up. But thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for your interest in Kira. Well, movers and shakers, that wraps up another inspiring session of the Positive Impact Podcast. If you're looking for all the resources and links mentioned today, including some absolutely incredible photos from Nicaragua highlighting Thomas's work down there, head on over to our show notes page at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash Kira Coffee. That's C-U-R-A Coffee. If you're currently looking for that great book about social entrepreneurship or startups in general, check out the Lean Startup and other fabulous recommended reads at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash goodreads. Hang out with us there and we're going to hook you up with a free audio download thanks to Audible. Until next time, keep doing your part to make the world a better place.